Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where if you know us, you know what movie we've just done. You know what's coming. You should know what's coming. Apologies. It's The Expendables 2. Once we start, we are legally, contractually obligated to continue, unless we decide we're not going to, but in this we've decided to keep going. Yeah, exactly. We haven't given up on a franchise. It's franchise. A catastrophe of, that's why we call them catastrophe of movies, um, since, um, weirdly enough, Pitch Black. Or oh. it was the second one. Yeah, then we, then we leapfrogged. We leapfrogged, yeah. I, st- I feel wrong about that. I feel like if we were, if we're where we are now, I feel like we needed to be more seasoned when we tackled the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, that was it. And we, we just weren't there. We tried to climb a mountain. Yeah, before I, I do we feel practiced like that, on the molehills. Yeah, I do feel like that's a hole in our repertoire. It is. I I feel shame when I think of it, which is probably why I try not to think of it. I couldn't have told you which franchise we crapped out on. Oh, technically, we also didn't really finish Mortal Kombat. We didn't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Don't make me watch Mortal Kombat Two, Ember, please. Well, if I've seen it, kind of feel like I have to make you see it. Mm. And just to really knock home how pointless it was, we won't record on it. We'll just watch it. Oh, I just get to see it. Yes. Great. Fantastic. Because love and science? Mm-hmm. Sure. Those two things seem logical. Megan. Amber. Yes. I was going to ask you to do the thing you were about to do. But I, I just well, wanted to I, feel like I started it, you know? Sure. I, I wanted to ask you what you made me do before this movie started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. fun exercise that, that, that I think we should end this podcast with. Uh, I asked you. Yes. Okay. What uh-huh. jumble of tropes you were expecting yes. to appear in this movie. Essentially, I asked you to predict the plot of The Expendables 2. Yes. Yep. Um, and uh, my uh, and I just threw out tropes. I, I was not going to make any sense of them. I just wanted to toss them out. You, you didn't have to. They didn't bother. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said CIA, Merc first Merc, Rogue, Pretty Lady in Distress, Drugs, um, a Middle Eastern made-up country, and then I added just at the very beginning that um, they had to up the, up the stakes, and so I thought that there was going to be, um, instead of saving, uh, you know, saving um, a girl, I guess, the last one really was all they cared about. Sort of um, a tiny country, but yeah, yeah, mostly just the one person. They didn't really care about the country. They, they yeah. They left uh, it they in fucking disarray. The they world. did not save that country. No, they did not. No, they yeah. fucked that shit up. And I just spoke over you saying that they were going to have to save the world in this one. Yes, and from, I predicted... From what threat? Nukes. Yes, yeah, I, I thought weapons nu- and yeah. nukes make sense, so yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my prediction of uh of this movie she reached into the hat of her brain and pulled out the action movie trope she thought would be most likely to appear in this the second installment of the expendables and daggummit if she wasn't pretty darn on the nose in a lot of ways pretty pretty close um i didn't guess that they would make it personal i should have known they were gonna make it personal fair fair you probably should have yeah, so so this movie, you know, um, it's it's this jumble of tropes. We've got um, uh, it, the addition of Jean-Claude Van Damme plays the <laughs> literally named Jean Villain or something like that. Villain is his last name, his essentially. His last name is Villain minus an L. Mm-hmm. So clever. Yeah, very much so. Um, so they are, uh, they are the bad mercs who are um, looking for the location of five tons of plutonium five tons of just plutonium. a ridiculous amount of a needlessly large amount of plutonium yes which he himself villain extraordinaire notes he says villain. it it's villain he <laughs> he just just as the last bad guy was x rogue this is just villain <laughs> he notes himself after saying, you know, like six pounds of this stuff can change the balance of power in the world, can destabilize the entire system. Imagine what five tons can do. I don't fucking need to. You just said it. I don't have to. Like six pounds will do it, I think. Yeah. And and you reminded us that he lives in the world that that 
those six pounds would change. Like, this is not a good thing. No, he's getting four million for a kilo of it. And that kilo will melt the part of the world he lives in easily. So that's the extent of his villainousness. I'm not, do they count as mercs? I guess they they are mercenary in their dealings, but since they're called the Sangs, you know, they have like a group name. It kind of seems like they're trying to go for maybe mercenary terrorist organization, but not even, but they're not because terrorists, generally speaking, have the purpose of causing terror. This guy was just, no, I think you're right. I think they're just mercs. Yeah, he was getting the plutonium to... To sell. Dish out, yeah, to people. He was a merc merchant. Yeah. Sorry, I digress or belabor. A merchant. A merchant. Um, so, so they need to find the, uh, the location of this plutonium, which obviously has been in Russian mines since the Cold War. Um, and uh, so... John Claude Van Damme and his troop um, uh, run into the Expendables, and they're oh man, they're new hire Amber, they're brand new, fresh faced Helmsworth. They do get themselves a Helmsworth. He is indeed fresh faced. He's really skilled, but you know, Megan, this isn't the life for him. He's got a girl. He wants yeah. more for himself. He's burnt out at his young, fresh age, and he's decided, you know, the Expendables crew. He gave it a shot. He's not going to stick around, but he'll finish out the month. You know, one more job. Yeah. Anyway, they make it personal. Um, so then, uh, uh, and John Claude Van Damme gets the um, where the plutonium is, and they have to chase him down and stop him. In the end. It's all so unbelievably convoluted. I, I think part of it might be because they were intended to film a chunk of it in China in the first place, and that fell through. Right. So the plane that they go after is a Chinese plane that was carrying blueprints that led you to Russian Cold War plutonium that was in Albania or possibly Bulgaria. Sure. It, they said both of those names of places. It's just, again, just sort of like a, again, trope jumble of places and locations. None of, none of it made any yeah. sense. And it was so, so elaborately tangled. It may, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. MacGuffin. We'll get to that. Plutonium. Yeah. It's personal. Yeah, MacGuber, yeah. Amber, what did the critics say about this? Stop shaking your head and tell me what the critics said about this. Because I'm feeling salty about things. Yeah, sure. I I, I agree with your saltiness. I would, I'm would. i very excited to hear about, about your personal saltiness. Metacritic critical consensus is at 51, users at 71. Yeah, it's 67 and 67 for Rotten Tomatoes. And I will, I will Wait, note- Wait, what? Did you say 67? Yeah, 67 and 67. It is it is confusing and upsetting and uh, higher than Expendables 1. My burning urethra. I... It, it, it makes me actually angry. Not just because of that, because comparing the two, Expendables 2 was more of a, like, blender of shit than Expendables 1 was, but... In comparison to, say, another movie, Amber, let's compare it to just a random movie that we've also done that has kind of the similar kind of ideas behind it. Pick a movie, any movie, Amber, pick one. Go ahead, Not pick one. random. It's the movie that this clearly puts me in mind of. It's it, sure. the, the, the drunken, fumbling attempts to undo the bra of a decent, silly action movie reminds me, like, what they attempted to do in this movie reminds me of what they beautifully accomplished in the A-Team. Yes. Fantastic cast. Fantastic action. Cockamamie as fuck. They got up to some shit. Do we not remember them flying a tank? People. They flew that tank. Yeah, it they was amazing. They flew that tank. And it, it was, was very beautiful. happy. Mm-hmm. The plot made sense. It made no practical sense. Sure. That, but that's not the point. There was a beginning, middle, and end. There were plot mm-hmm. points. It, it, you could follow them. They were entertaining. They were entertaining in their absurdity. And more importantly, this movie has The Expendables 2. This movie that we watched. Some of the worst bro-down scenes, you know, the downtime scenes in between the gunfights and the fight fights and the explosions, where they're just mm-hmm. chatting with each other making laughy fun fun times, except they're not. They're not funny. They're not clever. They're inscrutable at they're best. confusing as all heck. 
Yep. And that's in some ways part of its charm. I'm not saying I don't enjoy this movie. What I am saying is that the A-team had those moments in spades and they did them so well. Genuinely funny, well acted, silly. What are they talking about? Burn my meat from hell. What are you talking about, A-team? I love you, you silly yeah. monkeys. Yeah. Entertain me more. They get one movie. And a 47 rating on Metacritic. Yeah. Lower than this one. Lower than this. And I do get how a movie like The A-Team suffers from that same, I'm not, I don't want to say hatred, but that same prejudice that I feel like movies that have notable casts, and in this case, this is a very notable cast, but they're considered, you know, the old relic guys. You know, they're not the, the big current action star names. They're the old current action star names. Can you be old current? They're sure. raisins. Get it? Because currants and... Yeah, no, it's very good. dry a... Wrinkle joke. It's important that I... Well, I, technically it was a fruit, like a dried fruit joke. I wasn't yeah. trying to make a wrinkle joke and then accidentally, I guess it became one. And then I explained it and... Um, oh, this is how you do it. Yeah. This is where we are. The A-Team was a franchise name. It was based on a show, so it already kind of had an opus. You had Liam Neeson. You had, you know, Bradley Cooper... The other two weren't that well known, not, but it, it still, and I think it had a much bigger budget. And so it suffers from that. They, I feel like they penalize it more for not meeting expectations that they have for what it should be, or they already hate on it because of those things. And if it's not groundbreakingly amazing, then it's almost like the Fast and the Furious franchise gets a pass and gets, you know, wonderment as it continues because, oh, they're really doing action well. It's still mind-numbingly stupid plot-wise. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it was always supposed to be. I mean, there's street racers now saving the world from terrorism. That's that's just silly enough to make me forget that it's being stupid. And I feel like The Expendables is getting that same pass, but for some reason the A-team slots into, nah, I'm gonna be extra hard on this. Fuck you, film. Yeah. And there there are fun moments in this. There are good... There, there are good action scenes, there is good silliness, but it's actually not that great. It, I feel like it is worse than the first one. Might be slightly better directed. And it also made me think of the fact, and, and, and the AV Club reviewer Scott Tobias mentions this. Uh, he says, and I quote, The Expendables 2 makes a franchise out of a novelty item, and nostalgia kick is gone. It's a reminder that most of those 80s actioners were xenophobic and dumb, and that many of its stars had more muscle mass than charisma. And that the sight of these old fossils referring to themselves as old fossils is more pathetic than cheekly self-referential. Yeah. Yeah. And they lean hard into the, um, the like, quoting them, like, Schwarzenegger says, I'm back, I don't know, three times. They talk about the Terminator. They talk about Rambo. They say, yippee ki -yay. Like, they throw all the trope, the, 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 like, the one-liners in from their, um, movies in and and it, in 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 inex inexplicable ways not clever um and and yeah it feels sad more than it does yeah i funny i wouldn't say it's interesting pathetic but it's certainly not cheeky cheekily self-referential because it's, it's just boring. so blatant and boring and just horned in just shoehorn shoved like smash we'll just put this right here in the middle of this trope jumble movie it it drives me a little and and a, and the 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 thing that I felt was the most important to say is that yeah a lot of the stuff that we're nostalgic for was xenophobic and really stupid and I, I the stupid yeah, part absolutely. doesn't bother me as much but the xenophobic part does and that it wasn't about the ability to act or be clever it really was just sort of looking a certain way having swagger and having a really big gun right that's part of what makes them funny and that's part of what makes me you know love them in a, a certain special you know place in my heart but to take that genre and just be nostalgic for it now right without really while they may avoid falling into the more toxic tropes they don't challenge them either or they don't subvert yeah. them or and it, i appreciate that i'm not seeing a huge level of misogynistic and toxic masculine behavior, rapiness, and massive levels of racism and xenophobia. But nor am I seeing an acknowledgement that that's what the genre used to be, and in some ways still kind of is. Right. Or or trying to, to um, 
you know, actively subvert that and be different. Yeah. Even if you're going to be big guys with big guns, guess what? You can do it in different ways. Yeah. And I'm not saying they have a responsibility to do that. I am saying that because they are banking on getting butts in the seats because of this genre, because of this deeply problematic genre, and their profit off of it. All of these people have profited off of it. Not Technically not all of them, but like the, the big names in this movie have profited off of that genre. I would like to see them take some ownership for that, as opposed to just continuing to profit off of it. Mm -hmm. Just keeping going. Oopsie doodles. I don't know. I, I know I'm making something out of not much, but it's just tough. These aren't good reviews. This movie isn't, you know, obviously it's bad enough that we're doing it. And I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But I, yeah, I, I feel like the critics were more just kind of okay with it. Just fine to go along with it and not critical of it. Not not really in a good way. And I, I feel like the, the blurb from the AV Club's article is the only one that really kind of called it out for, hey, we, no, I do remember these movies. I, I do. And for some reason, they're more forgiving of this one than they were the first one, um, which is it's weird. It's weird to me that it's over 20 points higher, 25 points higher in um, for the critics in Rotten Tomatoes than it which in the first one. Really interesting. It's very, it's very strange. Meta um, is right about the same. It's like, I think it's a little lower. I think the first one was 54. So I yeah, I, the, the, the scoring is so strange. Everything is strange. It, it, the, the 50s and above were largely still kind of apologetic. The jokes are kind of funny. Lundgren is close to hilarious. I don't necessarily I don't disagree. So. There were there were cute really? moments with him. He was yeah, kind of... I guess. He, kind of. He wasn't more than hilarious. Anyone, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since Jet Li parachutes out of the movie in the first five seconds, it doesn't... You know, I, I don't have anything to really hang my hat on. But Lundgren at least seems to be having fun. Yes. And I'm not yes. sure the rest of them are. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's hilarious. I wouldn't say he's charismatic. But Lundgren seems to get the joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't. I just like looking at his face, I guess. Yeah. A little bit belaboring in the critical corner, especially considering that it didn't necessarily do anything too glaringly wrong. I mean. But the critics yeah. did. Again, how do they get it wrong even when they don't technically get it wrong? Right. So Amber, I was I was relatively right on with my predictions about what this movie uh, encompassed. There was CIA, there was Merc vs. Merc, kind of. There was a um, there was a uh, <laughs> there was a, you know world ending uh, nukes that they had to um, you know uh, rush to to get from the bad guys. Um, the the pretty lady in um, in distress was not exactly right. Um, they do add as a cast member, um, which is, is, is very exciting. They add um, Yunnan as Maggie Chan, who comes in and works with them. She's a safe cracker and also a um, CIA agent, I guess. And, uh, but, but yeah, mostly she doesn't, she doesn't really, she, she stands up for herself she holds her own. That's great. But they did, and they did add a a whole a whole town worth of of uh, women in distress, um, when they were they were going through Russia and they were trying to find uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and the and the nukes. They uh, yeah come across a town full of women whose men had been stolen to uh, to go looking in the mines for for these this plutonium. Yes, rather than add a sex object. To be saved, they had essentially a female member of the team who was fully capable of using guns and fighting hand to hand and apparently torture, just casual torture. She yeah, casual carries torture. a torture kit with her, mm -hmm. apparently everywhere she goes. Yeah, um, I did. I did like that, and I, I guess it's it's fine to have an entire town of of uh, womanly damsels with children to save because. All of the menfolk have been removed from the town, so they cannot protect themselves. Right, yeah. They still have guns, but oh, gosh darn it, those silly damsel fingers just don't know how to shoot. They're, they're, they're safer in, directly in front of the guns than anywhere else, Amber. Is what the manly, expendable menfolk say as they fire wildly at them. Yeah. You know, these women who have their 
um, you know, uh, family members and children taken away from them and made to work in mines and have disappeared for like months on end. Yeah, it, it's good to make fun of them. Well, they're just so silly in their helplessness. It's also nice that they add a woman of color, especially after we lose Jet Li. Um, and oh, it is still... And, pre- and Ed, you, you just prepared me for the saddest part of the movie, you know, that five minutes in where Jet Li, um, you know, skydives out of the plane and never never returns again. It is, it is super sad because, yeah, he's the best part of the first one. So not in the second one, really. I don't disagree. And the majority of the cast remains, you know, white. You, you, Terry Crews is still there. It's lovely. He has some weird lines, but he's still C- Terry Crews, and I love, I love seeing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they make motions towards Gunner continuing to be the most problematic person. Uh, as soon as Maggie joins the crew, he attempts to hit on her. But the attempt is pathetic and sad for him. He clears his throat several yes. times. She finally disdainfully glances over at him and he absolutely chokes and trying to find anything to say. Mm-hmm. I wish they left it there instead of moving on to the I die for some Chinese comment later in the movie, but they still largely avoid sexualizing her. She still seems to be totally into Stallone at the end, though. Yeah, they did the thing again where the 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 gorgeous woman um, gets rejected by Stallone, but but... You know, it's because he is so upstanding and and concerned for their safety. But, you know. Barney knows that the Expendables life is just not for a delicate, deadly torture artist like Maggie, who's going to go continue to work for the CIA. Yeah. And and speaking of, I also think that, like, in this movie, kind of like the last one, but they just, they make some very just... Um, racist comment about Asian people. Like they just they that is their like go to. Like when Jet Li was leaving, um, with the uh, Chinese billionaire, the yeah, yeah, and they they and make the, the comment of that's what I call Chinese takeout. Yeah, there was I think there was something right before that. There, it's just like, just you know, the casual racism, just you know, thrown in as jokes, fun, fun, fun. Yeah, oddly enough, not using some sort of slur doesn't make it not racist. Mm-hmm. And especially now that people are becoming increasingly aware of how pervasive and destructive casual racism against Asian people is, just seems like even more important to kind of point that out. Just you're, yeah, you're, absolutely. it's dehumanizing to just see like two people who happen to be Chinese jumping on a plane. Ah, that's what I call Chinese takeout. And then, to look at a woman who happens to be Chinese and equivalate, equivalate her. Is that a word? Sure, yeah. That's a word. Equivalate her with food. Yeah, which, yeah, I guess they kept, they did to Jet Li as well. And, oh boy, and then we'll, we'll get into some good scenes. There are some in here. But I also have to bring up, as we talked about, um, uh, Charisma is back. Um, Charisma um, Carpenter, yeah. Charisma Carpenter's back. Uh, she is now dating uh, Jason Statham again for some reason. And uh, all Still- uh, Sylvester Stallone does is um, call her a cheater and she's not worth your time and blah, blah, blah. When we found out in the first movie, that is not at all what fucking happened. She did not cheat on him. He ghosted her for a month. He left her for a month. She'd already been with him for a year and a half, and he left her for a month with no word. Right. So at that point, if she starts dating someone else, it's called dating someone else, not Mm -hmm. cheating. Cheating would imply she thought they were still together and that there was a chance he was still alive and still interested in her. Yeah, it's... She... She's at the bar with the whole team after their first mission where they save Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I mean, that mission's actually kind of cool. That's fine. You know, they have there's yeah, some fun vehicle antics that fun. defy yeah. the laws of physics and sense. And mm-hmm. who's the man in the bag? Huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So, trench. So mm-hmm. embarrassing. And, you know, oh, they're downtime. Oh, he's, he's with his girlfriend. Oh, that girl has a world-class cheating gene is how... Arnold Schwarzenegger refers to Lacey, his dear friend's girlfriend. Yeah, not funny, not true. 
it's just it's it's putting all this onus on her which is again like they did in the first movie right it um where it's her fault that she didn't wait around for a guy she knew nothing about because he refused to say anything to her and she was supposed to wait a uh, unspecific amount of time until he deigned to come back and talk to her it's just it's it's frustrating and it makes it it yeah it's just misogynistic and stupid and then they, and they turn, harp on it so many times. Yep. Because it, later, well, she keeps calling him. Because now, suddenly, she's the neediest woman in the world, despite the fact that, again, she was with a man who ghosted for a month for a year and a half. Unlikely he was super present before then. So it kind of seems to me like she had some self-confidence and was like, I love you, but I don't really know what you do. And you left. So I moved on. Now she's calling constantly. He's responding to what must be the question, are you thinking about me? Because we hear him say, of course I'm thinking about you, baby. And Stallone says when she calls, is that the woman you can never fully trust in calling again? I guess it's, I guess it's a running joke. It's so funny. It's so funny because she's needy and untrustworthy, but gosh darn it, he's just going to keep on with it because he's a silly, loving fool. Yeah, he's oh. the good guy in all this. Oh. And she's like the other the other woman in the movie. <laughs> so there's two of them besides the, you know, you the know, town. Yeah. Town of damsels to save. Okay. Amber. The beginning of this movie. Yes. My favorite part of this movie. Not surprising the the beginning of the movie, the part with Jet Li is my favorite part of this movie. It's well, ridiculous. I mean, there's yes. another reason why it's your favorite part of the movie too. Well, yes. Mhm. Exactly. Um, they are um, they are going in to get um, uh, this this. I guess they're going to rescue both Schwarzenegger and um, this billionaire. And um, they're they've come in with all these trucks, and they it, it's all of it's like so much. They're just sh- shooting people with anti artillery bullets and exploding them and. They, they turn around and have, like, drive backwards because the back of the truck is a plow. They do. It's it's ridiculous. And, and they drive into the building. Um, of course, the best part is there is a motorcycle attached to one of these uh, trucks. And you kind of see it for a moment. Like, oh, they, they've got a getaway motorcycle. No, no. Instead, uh, they use this motorcycle to... Um, uh, drive into the helicopter that has come to shoot them and explode the helicopter. So um, that was I, lovely. I love the logic of of what what happens in that scene because Statham has been in this this mini turret on this on this vehicle taking people out, human meat, with with bullets that are clearly sized and coated to to take out armored vehicles. Vehicles, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, of course, when the helicopter shows up, they shoot at it with assault rifles. Right. Which just, they just don't work. So you think, oh, well, maybe I should get back in the mini turret and and shoot this thing down. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're just gonna, we're just gonna pull this motorcycle off this thing, set it up on this, oh, there's a little ramp here, and just, uh, whoop, oh, yep, there goes the helicopter. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. It's great. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Chekhov's motorcycle. You think it's gonna be for a getaway? It's not. It's super not. It's to toss into a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And then they they find out that they've been beating up a guy in a bag, uh, with a bag over his head, and it's Schwarzenegger, and he's not hurt. He's just like you said, embarrassed to be there and have been caught. Um, and and then we add they only have twenty seconds, Amber. I don't know what, what 20, one of them says. Twenty seconds to do what? Twenty seconds and what's what's going to happen? It, it kind of just seems like more of the same continues. It, there's no note of what happened. 20 seconds came and went and nothing happened. I, It was like the last movie where they had 20 minutes and nothing happened. You know, it's like, mm, you just thought you had to put a time limit on something. We gotta get moving. Arnold Schwarzenegger demanded Terry Crews' big gun. Yes. We can't argue about this. We've got 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And now we have to take these zip lines somewhere. Right. Obviously. That's a good opening scene. Mm-hmm. It is a good opening scene. It is probably the strongest moment in the movie. Because it's also the part where they don't need any plot or story or motivation. It is just pure action and mm-hmm. silliness. Which they're better at, for sure. Very much so. It could. This movie could have just been a vignette of them saving people, a la the, the beginning of the movie from the pirates of, of the first one. And, mm-hmm. you know, the yep. beginning of this movie. Like, it should just be... 
We could just do that. We could just do videos of them saving people. And I, I'd like it a lot. I, I would have enjoyed it if they'd cut out all those interstitial scenes where they're they're trying to be funny. Um, they would have cut out, you know, part of the, the runtime, which isn't too too much. It's 103 minutes. But they would have cut out a, a bit of the kind of weird, boring stuff that tried too hard. Yeah. Yep. And that violated Chekhov's rules. There were so many... So, like, we learn in the same scene that we learn Stallone has nothing but disdain for Jason Statham's girlfriend, that, that Gunner, Dolph Lundgren, is not just a crazy and, I I think, ex-drug addict, mm-hmm. but he also is a genius. He has a graduate degree from MIT for chemical engineering. He writes down Einstein's theory of relativity? Yep, and then blows his nose into blows it. Blows his yes. nose in it. Uh, he also made it better. He, he informs us that he improved oh, right, it. That's, he did, yeah. When he wrote it down and then blows his nose into it. And then they explain in a way that makes complete sense that, you know, he dropped out to become a bouncer to get with a girl and then they broke up. And then Stallone says, well, I would have broken up with you too. And then everyone laughs. Yeah, it's okay again, Amber. They're <laughs> making the jokes again. But it, none of it makes any sense. But you'd think, well, maybe that'll come up later, chemical engineering. Oh, and it does. When they get trapped. Briefly. They get mm-hmm. trapped in a place. They get trapped in a mine. And, oh, he finds some liquid phosphorus and then takes a pipe and he scrapes some of it into it. And then he asks for some gunpowder from Terry Crews. And he lights it on fire with Stallone's lighter. And he backs up and then nothing happens. And then nothing all happens. Yeah. Then Arnold Schwarzenegger breaks through with a drill. So you think, oh, we're, we're spending time on this for something. There'll be some payoff here. I guess the payoff was meant to be comedic because of his failure. But ultimately, it just kind of seems dumb. Yeah, very much so. And pointless. I think one of the best worst things, something that I mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy because it's so awful but so great. Yes, please. Is Billy's backstory. We've touched oh, on it a Billy. little bit. Yes. Uh, Megan's response to... Oh, he wants to finish out the month and he's got a girlfriend he loves. Bye-bye, Helmsworth. He pulls Stallone aside and gives us more information about himself than we have about anyone else. That he's got a girlfriend. She's French. Here's her job. She loves her. She makes me want to do stuff for her. I got this job for hers because it made a ton of money, but I've realized that what I really want to be is just with her and live a life and Get away from the blood and the guts and the violence, but I'm a man of my word. I'm a good boy. I'm a Boy Scout. I'm going to finish out the month because I made a commitment to you, sir. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, wow, that's enough. He's got a loving girlfriend. He's loyal. Like That's enough to make his death hurt. Oh, no, we're not done. We're not done. Of course not. Because when they're all on the plane together going to, to get the downed Chinese plane mine blueprints, uh, Maggie, our Nan Yu, asks, oh, oh, you were in Afghanistan. I'd I'd like to hear about it. So he, of course, tells apparently the most horrific story he has of his entire team being murdered around him. And in depth, in in depth, he discusses this horrible thing that happened to him and then says, and wouldn't you know it, when I got back to base, they'd shot the dog I adopted because, you know, they were, they decided to kill all of the stray animals on base. So he lost all of his friends and they shot his dog. What? What? Oh, I guess. I guess because we now want more good things for him because it's been so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, so now we really don't want him to die because we didn't not want him to die enough. I love how much yeah, effort they, they put. So hard. They hit it, so, and he's also an amazing sniper. He saves Barney and Lee Christmas's lives in the beginning. Stallone and Statham are still in this movie because he. Rapid fire snipes about a dozen guys. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He w- when he does a headshot, he shoots the head clean off. People, he's good. Mm-hmm. So he's amazing. He's loyal. He's had a hard time. He's ready to get out, and he wants to get home to his girl. Yeah, because because she's so great, and he she wants she makes him want to be a better person. It is it is beautiful beautiful so we're gonna take that we're gonna make the prettiest thing we can for you we're even gonna put it in a hemsworth package i mean just because it's not chris it's still a hemsworth he's pretty he's a pretty boy mm-hmm. just look at that young virile face yes he's got a whole life ahead of him with a beautiful french woman mm-hmm. and then he gets stabbed in the chest 
Yeah, super does. For reasons. I also kind of love that scene. The, yes. Mm -hmm. Because it's insane. It's, it, it, it's just, it's so much. It's, it's exactly what a, a spoof of a movie, of an action movie would be, is this scene. There's nothing about it that needed to be designed that way. There are so many other more sensical and practical ways they could have made a, that scene go down to accomplish the same results, but have them make some semblance of sense. You have, they've, they've, they've collected their MacGuffin from the plane. They are going to meet up with their sniper, who was, who was elsewhere, you know, monitoring the situation. And, oh, wouldn't you know it, out of the fog comes a bunch of bad guys led by Jean-Claude Van Damme, our villain, named Villaine. And they've got Liam. He's, he's been roughed up. He's not in good shape. They order them to put their guns down or they'll shoot him. And they take a really, really long time to do it. Just a really... Really, really, really long time to decide to do it, but they do it. They put their they guns do down. They do, and they they are disrespectful as possible, as as humanly possible. And and well, Valene kind of makes it clear that like respect is important. And then he, then he wants the the blueprint thing, the MacGuffin, and they don't want to give it to him. And they're like, I'll kill him. Oh, fine, we'll give it to you. Fine. <sighs> So Jason Satham brings it over and he drops it on the ground in front of Scott Atkins, who's also in this. He plays Hector. Well, Hector doesn't like this very much. Because again, it's all about respect. So he kicks it back over to Jason Statham and says, you pick that up and you hand it to me. Like a man. Like a respectful man. Yeah. I'm not a sheep. Are you a sheep? We talk about being a man and an animal a lot. Often a, a barnyard animal. So Statham begrudgingly and shittily picks it up and hands it to him. Ooh. Well, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because you got him there on the ground and you're going to kill him. You know, like like they have been wanting to do from the beginning the whole time. And then Van Damme makes some crazy ass speech about, like, I like symbols. Look at my goat on my neck. I love Megan's response to his goat tattoo. Which is, that, that's not a goat. That's a badly drawn starfish. Yeah, it's a janky starfish with a heart in the middle. It that is what you said, yes. Really rough it is not a good tattoo and all the mercs have it but and, but it's 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 you just you know he's like oh i like symbols this is the symbol of the goat right here look at look at my neck they say it's the pet of satan okay and then he says i'm i'm not gonna kill you because you're fighting men and i'm a fighting man and fighting men don't deserve to be killed like sheep but you were disrespectful. So I'm actually going to kill Billy here. So they kill Billy. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. he does he does they, the cool Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks the knife into his chest thing. Yep. Not stabbed. He had the knife kicked into him. Yes. Flying kicked at, into his chest. Flying yes, exactly. kicked into his heart meets. I love that they decided to kind of create this perfect paragon martyr to create this, this mission of vengeance but they're still trying to keep a bad man from getting nuclear weapons. So that for most people would be enough. You didn't even need the vengeance. The plot didn't need the vengeance. And Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't need to create a system of vengeance. They, they could have left him alive or they could have murdered the whole team. But he had some weird thing about killing people like men and sheep and they were men. So you can't sheep them. I love this. I love yeah. this scene. They didn't fight each other and they somehow managed to kill Billy and get away with the blueprint. There was, there was no, it was just this long, drawn-out standoff of them being too manly to comply right away. And then this beautiful Billy death scene where he gets, he's still alive, but he says he's dying. We know, we see the knife. And, oh, wait, no, the knife had been removed. It doesn't matter. We know you were dying. Mm -hmm. And he's, oh, my pocket, the letter from a girl. And then he expires. Blah. Yep. You're like, oh, you're going to get the letter to his... Oh, you're, you're just going to read it. You're going to read the letter he wrote to the woman he loved. You're going to read it aloud to the team. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, wow. So you... Okay, just reading his personal effects. Great. Good. I love this scene. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know what they were going for, but the thing that they accomplished is just beautiful madness. It was the least sensical way to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, they 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 left 
Jean-Claude Van Damme left um, these very, and like he acknowledged like very good fighters with just the best reason to come after him. Like he'd not only stolen the uh the 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 location of the plutonium but he'd killed their friend and left them alive great like what do you you're just their best boy he killed their best boy and left them alive Mm -hmm. he's just crazy i respect him yeah i guess and this is and this is sadly the most interesting jean-claude van damme is as a villain villain this whole time you know it's it's disappointing because he just seems to be weird all he does is weird and talk about money and like tell just tell stone people face. kill people yeah because yeah. get get more men kill the men that aren't digging fast enough get more men even though we're done digging it's it's yeah, it, yeah he's he's not very interesting his the last fight yeah, is, is too bad he has a big you know ultimate fight with stallone which is fine it's fine yeah. it's fine amber one of the other more ridiculous things in this movie is chuck norris he's a lone wolf when he appears, he appears out of nowhere. He There is no reason for him to come and save them. He comes and saves them, but there's no reason for him to know where they are, uh, to, to, to know that he should, that they're in need of saving. And uh, he, he just, just like Chris, uh, no, what is it? Liam Helmsworth can do. He can shoot everybody, including a tank. I, I believe I started to say, um, he couldn't have reloaded that that fat, and then I said, "Eh, the fuck do I care?" Exactly. It's just like it doesn't matter. It's it's Chuck Norris, and he's going to just kill everybody, I suppose. And when he appears, it's the Western music, doo whatever that is. Yep. And they do that stinger with him each time he appears. Great. Um, he says he's a lone wolf, although he keeps showing up to save them, which is not really lone. And he gives them advice of things to do and places to go. I love, I love that. I love, <laughs> he's, you, you want to help us? You know, because nuclear weapons and an entire town of, you know, men and some children are probably going to die. And also we might die. No, I'm a lone wolf. I can't help you. I work alone. I mean, I just helped you just now. And also I just gave you all that information, but... I can't help you. Also, here's some more help. I've got some more information. Here's a town that could really use your help. But that's all I can do to help you because I can't help you because I'm a little wolf. And I'm also going to show up at the very end of the movie for no reason as well. But he explains it by saying sometimes a wolf needs a pack. Yeah, okay. He just took away his one defining feature and put him on a, yeah, anyway. It's ridiculous. awesome and I love it. It's, I mm-hmm. love it so much. It's yep. when it leans into that stuff that I can get behind it. I, I don't care as much about the, you know, referencing his movies and, you know, delivering dialogue that is literally just a pull from Chuck Norris internet quotes. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. But it, it's it's that, I'm a lone wolf. I can't help you. I just helped you. I'm gonna help some more. Here's some more help. I'm a lone wolf. Oh. Wolf needs a pack. Yeah, <laughs> it, that, that is, yes, agreed. I love that. So all of that stuff is the fun stuff. My, in, in fact, my least favorite scene has got to be the ending of this movie. Really, you had yeah. no joy in the end. I just, they packed it. So at this point, at the end, they have followed um, the the nukes and Jean Claude Van Damme to the airport. They are um, now the Expendables are now accompanied by. Uh, um, Chuck Norris shows up at this point Schwarzenegger has come in again out of nowhere to save them from a mine there's no reason he should have known where they were or that they needed saving anyway and then Bruce Willis shows up and it's just they throw in this is where they dump all of the corny lines this is where they say I'll be back three times and uh, you know Bruce Willis says, says stop saying I'll be back I'll be back and then he leaves and then Schwarzenegger says yippee Kaye. like there's no like I didn't find that stuff funny or interesting it just seemed so just shoved in there and slowed things down when they were trying to have a, an interesting final scene and so that kind of ruined it for me that's fair. That's fair. You, you had a couple of moments where you laughed really hard. Probably. But yeah, the, the I'm backs moment was 
<laughs> Fucking come on, I think was your response. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I, you got a wow when, uh, was it Chuck Norris shot a guy and it just showed him in the metal detector, the, the, the scanner? Yeah, he shot like a guy the luggage the- scanner because mm-hmm. they're in an airport now. Right. Yep. An airport that was filled with other non-bad guy people. Yeah. Yeah. There was just indiscriminate shooting of, uh, of it seems like a lot of people must have died there mm. that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just kind of a whole mess of shooting and you get Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and Willis just side by side with guns and then Norris with guns. And you do get, you know, a fight scene between Statham and, and Scott Adkins. Right, of course. It's it's not bad. It's fine. It's it's fine. You got the two knife knife wielders, uh, who faced off in the beginning, uh, to to actually have it out. And then you have uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and Stallone fight it out, which was also a little fun. It had some of my favorite terrible dialogue, you know, where Stallone's got guns, but wouldn't you just know it, villain, our villain. Wants to wants to fight him like a man, not a sheep. Not so a sheep. She Amber. throws away all his weapons. So Stallone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll fight you like a man. And so Jean Claude Van Damme asks, "What's it going to be, man or sheep?" Stallone responds, "You want a man up? I'll man you up." And he takes off all of his weapons. Yeah, Van Damme, you must want to hurt me bad. Stallone, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm gonna take your life. Ooh, chills. Oh, chills. Megan, it means they're about to punch each other a lot, and they're yeah. men. Yeah. They also in this in this end up repeating themselves multiple times. Like, uh, like Stallone says, I think three times. Come on, Valan. Come on. Come on, Valan. It's like in a row. Like, mm-hmm. get up. Get up, Valan. Get up. Yeah. It's just. It, it, yeah. Mm, mm. Ooh, and just before the fight, the, he Maggie's oh with him. Yes. And they know where Villan has gone, and she wants to go with him. He's like, no, I'm going to go in there myself. That door opens up, and I don't come out. And he does. Okay, yeah, I'm following you so far. Okay. okay. He so just wait, mansplains on. if anyone comes through here but me kill them. Like, I yeah. <laughs> So Ross, could you could you back Barney? Barney, I'm gonna need Sorry. you back up. Sorry. So if the door opens, it, so if the door opens, I shoot whoever's there. No, 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 no. If the door opens and I don't come out, okay. If the door opens and you come out, I shoot you. No, no, no. If the door opens and I don't come out and he does, then I um go in and try to find you. No, okay. Sorry. Okay. If that door opens, yes, door opens and it, I don't come shoot? out of it. I don't okay. come out of it, and you don't come out. Mm-hmm. I go home. Because there's ghosts. No, 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 no. Okay. The door opens, and I don't come yes. out, and he does. Okay. Okay, so he's coming out, and you're not... Okay, got it. What Kill happens? him. Oh. With what? I, I would assume the gun? I think he says shoot him. Like, yeah, he does like say a- shoot him, yes. <laughs> I think he might say shoot him. I, 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 yeah, I, it, it's... Oh, so many words. <laughs> so many yeah. words to be like, shoot him if he comes out that door. <laughs> yeah, yeah fucking duh dude like also why are you going in there alone like because he has to not... do it himself megan okay to yeah. avenge billy whatever it's some Poor billy. masculine bullshit yeah it's just dumb so dumb it's lovely they also mm-hmm. have a, a fun hero moment in the the town of in distress women and children when the when the Sangs Jean Claude's boys come through town, for no reason, right? Yeah, they murder them. There's this whole impassioned plea by the women for their help. They they they, they tell the full story. You know, they came offering jobs, good paying jobs, to work up in the mines, and so some of the men went. Then when they came back, and those men hadn't returned, they said, "We'll bring them back as soon as more men go." So more men went, including my husband. But no one came back. Then they came for the boys. You have to help us. Mmm. Mmm. We're mercenaries, and we kind of have our own vendetta thing going on, and also semi are trying to stay in good with the CIA, maybe, or maybe we've abandoned that idea. I don't think we can really help you. 
the fun part is that they needed to kind of kill those guys anyway because they were just lining gonna be... up directly with their goals yeah they need to they need to and and i don't know at this point if they know where the mine is and they need those guys to tell them where it is it's it's hard to tell how anybody knows where anything is but it really did seem like saving the town sort of inadvertently matched up with what they wanted to do so there was no need for that impassioned no the speech there was no need for them to turn them down and then they acted like they were being like the most giving people ever by helping this town yeah i love that they turned them down yeah can't do it lady got her own thing going on cut to them doing it right away they found their souls megan i guess so i i don't know why but i love that i love that yeah stupid no it's it's dumb yeah it's it's they keep dumb. pulling me back in but to the, do the thing i was going to do anyway they're the shredded remains of my bleak black soul when you live this life as long as i have megan it, oh it's just darkness in here it's darkness yeah. all around you oh no sorry billy was my one one beautiful shining light my billy my boy. boy my boy my boy <laughs> I don't know. there's something charming about that i guess mm-hmm. i'm a simple creature megan Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Amber, what would you rate this movie on the Rocksdale? Regrettable, outstanding, craze balls, or K? This is a K craze balls regrettable. It's fine. There's some fun moments. And it's also kind of, I, I don't know. I, I think if I didn't have something really good that was scored worse to compare it to, that is that I feel like is is in the same vein. It's it's it seems to do well what they tried to do in this, but lazily. I don't think I'd be as mad at it as as I am, and as mad at the critics, I suppose, for for putting them not only close to each other but putting this one above the A team just seems so wrong. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm in the regrettable with some very few crazy ball mo- moments. Hmm. I think I'm just trying to, to salvage this. I mean, usually we try and we try and celebrate things. And I don't feel very celebratory and I'm feeling bad about it. I don't get salty. That's not how a podcast do. I know. But I also feel like this is the point where like we've we've talked about the good, but we need to really let people know. Should you watch this? Oh, yeah. Eh, don't watch probably this. Probably not. No, don't watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, that's that is fair. You, you, you know what you need to know about it. You're welcome. Exactly. On to the third one. Aren't you excited? I am. Amber, predictions. I know. I want. I want some predictions from you. I've, yeah. I've already told you that there's a favorite part of it for me. I've already. I've already right. told. You, I've pre pre told you about Wesley Snipes. I feel bad about that. Yeah. But yeah. I I did that intentionally before we watched the second one, partially so that you wouldn't feel apprehensive about even bothering with the third one. Like right. I I wanted you like we get through the first. I'm like and Wesley Snipes is crazy in the third one, and it really makes me happy. On to two. Yeah, that On was rough. I'm sorry. Yeah, but hey. you didn't mention anything about two and how much you like two. Weird. Hmm. Weird oversight. Yeah. So. Y- yeah. Okay. Predictions, Megan. All right. I'm going to go with. They've got to save the world again. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, Fast and Furious did this as well. They ramped it up too fast, too furious. They had to save the world in, I don't know, the second or third one. And then they had to save the world ever after to make the stakes even seem reasonable. So um, I'm going to go with save the world again. Excellent. I'm going to go with like, maybe there's some sort of like, this time I'm going to go with like a poison or like a chemical warfare thing that they're trying Mm. to save from somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that um, I definitely still have the CIA in there. Um, I'm going to lean into um, like a civil war kind of thing where where somehow or or like a, a, a fast eight where like, um, you know, you have to fight against each other for some reason. Like there'll be Ooh. factions of the expendables and they'll have to like fight each other for a reason. And then, of course, they'll get to, uh, together at the end. Um, that is maybe one of them goes rogue or something. You are. You're touching on some themes here. I mean, it's not exactly that, but I, I think you'll yeah. I think you'll see the overlap. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, it's got to be in some uh, foreign country because that's how they do. Usually, yes. 
Yeah. And and I, I missed on uh, somewhere in the Mideast this time. I'm going to go Mideast for the third one. Okay. I like it. You've I like your grab bag of uh, action Jumble movie. Tropes. Jumble of tropes. Yeah. Jumble of tropes. What's it going to be? Going to be something familiar. Anyway, jumble of tropes. This doesn't rhyme. I wish I had stopped earlier than this. <laughs> Yay. Megan. Amber. Do you have an Abby story? I do. Um, so um, Abby is going to uh, uh, visit with family this weekend, and they're going to the beach. And um, I was reading her story last night, and it's just, it's very cute because... Um, she was telling, she's very excited about it and it's, it's great. Um, and she, <laughs> you know, it's over zoom. And so she's telling me about it. And then like the thought, and you can see the thought occur to her and like, she gets really close to the camera and she says, do you want to come? Oh, geez. And it's just, and, and she does this every so often where like, I'm going to go do this. Do you want to come? It's, it's just like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very sweet. It's I mean, it's adorable. her talking about something she's really really excited about and she knows she's gonna love and it's gonna make her so happy and then she has this lightning storm epiphany Mm -hmm. you could make it even better by being there maggie (laughs) because i think you'll love it because it's gonna be so much fun and then i want you there too so it's just this too yeah it's 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 so steeped in her deep and abiding love for you that it just like straight to the heart yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's very sweet. Aww. Mm-hmm. But do you have any recommendations? I do, Megan. And you know, mm-hmm. in a way, they're just cruel. But I'm gonna do them anyway because it's what I got. And so today, for the first time in a long time, I had one of my favorite things—a maple creamy with maple dust. Now, it can't just be any maple creamy that I'm recommending. It needs to be a maple creamy from the Morse Farm Sugar Shack in East Montpelier, and it needs to have maple dust on it. You are going to flood them. With, I certainly hope the, so. You are never going to be able to get a creamy there again because that the be lines down the road. They're so good. It's a lovely place. There's, there's, you know, the creamies in the store, but then, you know, it also just sells. It's, it's a Vermont stop. So, you know, you can get yeah. you can get maple creamy pies and ice cream and kettle corn and maple sugars and local Vermont made stuff. But you go there for the creamies. I mean, you see a lot of, lot of out-of-state plates there. But when I went there today, it's mostly just Vermonters. Going in and out, grabbing their creamy and going. Because we love our maple creamies. And please, with the maple dust. Megan. Amber. Do you have a recommendation? Yeah. So um, there is an author uh, named Mary Roach. Um, She kind of specifically uh, uh, writes about popular science and kind of mashes that with humor. So she will research a topic um, and write a book on it. For example, she... um, uh, kind of her first big book was uh, Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers. And she talks a lot about about um, kind of what what happens in the process and what, you know, uh, what, um, you know, happens to you after you die and like biologically speaking and what happens to, you know, um, bodies that go for medical science and what they do and um, all of that stuff. And, you know, She's done ones about um, Bonk, the curious coupling of science and sex, and Packing for Mars, the curious science of life in the void. And it has, like, especially, like, Packing for Mars has all this stuff about, um, you know, all those questions that you'd want to ask um, a, a astronaut um, about kind of the, the interest, like, how do you pee and poop in space and all that kind of, you know, stuff. Anyway, um... I haven't read it yet. She's got a new book called Fuzz, When Nature Breaks the Law. It's about kind of like wildlife and people and the intersection of them. Um, So I've been, uh, I'm on the list to get that from my local library when it's available. Um, But I was thinking about her. So um, I would recommend uh, her her earlier books. Um, So that's Mary Roach. Delightful. I I remember Mm -hmm. reading Stiff. Then I got distracted by other things. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad she sure. kept at it. I I, I liked her re- re- writing. I liked to read her writing. Great. And you're so good at it. Yes. I am. Thank Amber, you. Amber, you're welcome. And I'd like to close like no. I always do by Please saying no. to you. Don't do this to us. Rock your heart out. You know, when you say that to me, when you say that to me, your friend. 
When I say it those sounds, words to you, my friend. Uh-huh. When you say those words to me, your friend, what it sounds like you're asking me to do is to take a rock and just, you know, hopefully it's got a sharp end, I guess. But if oh, it doesn't, yeah. you just take a rock and you just you just start slamming it into your chest. Yep. yep. Until you get until you get that sucker out. Get that heart right out. So take the rock yep. and get your Amber, heart out of your chest. But Amber, why would you use a rock? Because you told me to. Because you said, rock your heart out. Amber, it's because it'll hurt more. Okay, we haven't gotten to that movie yet. And now you're making me sad because you're taking something I love and juxtaposing it with something that I hate, Megan. (laughs) Hate Megan? Oh, dear. (laughs) I'm sorry. Were those two things too close together? (laughs) They were very close together. There was a comma there. (laughs) Was there a comma there? I did not hear a comma there. There was a brief pause. (laughs) Have a good weekend this year.